This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. <laughs> I just sniffed the microphone. You just have to have like the first, the first sip to to dull your tongue or That's whatever. That's really what happens. That's uh, so it helps if you smell the the scotch. But what happens is I smell, just went to talk and just you smelled, smelled the microphone. It's a classic. It smells like it my smells mouth. Like <laughs> plastic <laughs> bins. Yep. I'll be honest. This one does not at all. Mm, not not at all. You don't get any of the smokiness, like in the smell, like you get in the taste. It's true. It's got smoky, but it's not like you have a bonfire in your mouth. No. No, it's not. It's not a bad scotch. <laughs> oh, I ate it. <laughs> and everyone left. <laughs> right there. Oh, oh gosh. Man. And we're back, folks. Yes, welcome back. We are back. back. I'm Eli. I'm Joseph. And this is Wandering Wanders. We have nothing prepared. This is a wonder, folks. We will wonder. Uh, Yes. And wander, definitely. Probably Um, both of those things. Well, that's what we do best. To the nth degree. What have you been thinking about most lately, Joseph? Uh, (laughs) uh, Lately, it's been woodworking. And oh. anxiety. <laughs> At the same time, or are those separate? Uh, you know, we could psycho- psychoanalyze if you wanted to. Probably both. Um, Do you yes. see the wood as your anxiety? No. And then as you work it, no, it comes No, I see into it as an escape. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Probably both a positive and a negative. That's a good question. Is it good to have some ways to escape reality? Well, I don't. I didn't say it was to escape reality. Okay, sorry. Why, uh, why, would, why would you say that? Projection. Right, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but wait, what is it going to escape from then? Why don't Why don't we pray first? If uh, that's is, a good idea. We're, we're just getting right into yeah, it. Just. Oh uh, gosh. Will you lead us? I would love to yeah, lead us. Who's V State today? Bruno. It does say Bruno. Bruno. You know Caleb. This is a completely off-topic before That's we fine. pray. He's he's considering naming his uh, his rifle Bruno because of the unmediated relationship between the bullet and its target. And the Saint Bruno Saint Bruno started this Carthusian. I thought every gun had to be named after a woman. I thought that was like no, no. That's my thing. But I thought that was just like a like cars are all named after women. Like that's. That's a thing, isn't it? Usually, but I mean, I don't think it's a, a hard, fast rule. That's just interesting that Caleb I have a, deviate. A, 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 well, I, are you surprised it's Caleb? He, yeah, no, well, but he wants, he wants it to be meaningful in the sense of the name has meaning for what it does. Which, okay. I mean, most of my guns have me, That's female fair. names with meanings. But, um, but uh, it, uh, his Anyways, is, yeah, Bruno, unmediated relationship. Unin- yeah. Because the Carthusians are all about unmediated relationship with God. They don't talk to each other really. They just they're hermits that live together in super extreme like fasting and and <laughs> penances. And so it's just unmediated relationship with God. So 
He wants to name it Bruno. Anyway, let's pray. Great. <laughs> In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. God, we have no idea <laughs> what we are doing. As usual. Yes. Amen. Please guide us. Help us to be humble in everything we do in our lives. Help us to rely on you for in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. St. Bruno, pray for us. Pray for us. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I had a very humbling experience uh, yesterday. Yeah? I, so as I was walking into the chapel, Alex asked me to read. And it wasn't my day to read. And mm. He was like, uh, my reader's not here yet. Can you read? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I'll read. I have literacy. <laughs> I <can laughs> Absolutely, I'll get it to um, And so I walked in, and it was during adoration. Um, but so I walk in, and I sit down in the reader chair, and then we start evening prayer, and adoration's still going on, so Jesus is right there. And uh, so last week at some point, somebody went up to read during adoration, mm-hmm. and they just bowed. They didn't genuflect, and I thought, oh, <laughs> oh come on, did you not see Jesus right in front of you? So and there you so were. So I turn around, and the person who was supposed to be reading that day is sitting behind me, and I was like, oh, who's doing the reading? Who's doing? Uh, this was like right before evening prayer started. So the whole going through the whole psalmody, I'm like, oh my God, do I get up and read? Do I let him read? Mm-hmm. Um, what's going? I'm sitting in the chair. He hasn't said anything. So then when it comes time for the reader to get up, I like take a long time to put my briefer down just in case he gets up and then he doesn't get up. And so I'm like distracted and and I walk up and just bow to the Eucharist. And I didn't even notice it till I finished reading, came back, looked up and it was like Jesus staring at me. And I was like, oh, I totally bowed last time. (laughs) Got a genuflect, so I popped yeah. a Jenny and went back. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because I was super judgmental about somebody else God, doing this. <laughs> oh, hit a lamp. Who All would right. do that? Yeah. <sighs> Golly. That's great. I have to, before I canter, I have to like, actually, every time I canter, I pray before mass or evening prayer or whatever, and I'm like, please, Lord, this is for you. <laughs> and, and I... I will accept the humility if I am humiliated by yeah. my singing, but I would like to do this well for you. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, um, man. I don't mind singing in front of people um, when other people are singing, but the idea of singing in front of people alone, he's now almost died. Oh, Joseph. the wheel fell off. <laughs> Joseph just almost Ooh. fell back out of the chair, dumped the scotch all over him. Um, but, uh, yeah, the idea of singing alone in front of people, something that I don't know super well, like the idea of being a priest and singing stuff in mass doesn't frighten me. Yeah. But, uh, you're good. It's functioning. Ooh, it's not good. Oh, it's bent. It might be the last, last leg. Uh, the last wheel (laughs) you mean. For this chair. Weld it. You gotta weld it. Well, I epoxied it earlier and it's, it's apparently just not sticking. Yeah, it's not looking too hot. It's not. Well, R.I.P. Uh, last leg of the chair. We'll move to the bouncy, rockier chair. Bouncier? Say bouncy? The bouncy, rocky chair. What is it, bouncy? It's a glider. <laughs> I forgot its name, okay? 
<laughs> rocking chair makes sense, but okay. So do we? Uh, mm, what were we talking about? Escaping reality. You, you were talking about <laughs> escaping reality. I just assumed that that's what was going on. Okay, as of late, you asked what was what's what's been on my mind. What's been on it? Um, anxiety was okay, one. Yes, and the other was woodworking. An escape. Um, from an escape. I don't think in the. I don't think an escape necessarily has to be from reality, though. What's because, it? like, is not woodworking a reality? Yeah. Like, am I not present to that? Okay, no, you're totally right. My problem is... <laughs> I. <laughs> it's not like I'm just <laughs> sitting in my chair daydreaming it's about some a, sort of... a leisurely reality. See, my, my thing is uh, I like to listen to fantasy books and watch movies, which are a different reality. I mean, to some degree. To some extent. Huh. I mean, you're making them present, are you not? Like, I'm making them, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, that's the thing. I feel like I'm. If I ever get like super stressed, I'm like, oh, I just want to go listen to my audio book and do my paint by number, and then like I don't have to worry about this world because I'm encompassed by this fantasy world. Okay, so what would you say about people who are like, oh, I really wish I could go for like a good long run right now because yeah, I'm I don't angry. Think, I don't think that's as much of an escape from reality. Is it not being used in the same way? Uh, maybe. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm too harsh on fantasy it's a, because it's I. Only because it's a perfectionism in me. Working out. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> a, well, I guess so, but no. It's like okay, this is still my life. I am facing the, the my real problems. No, like all right, let me listen to this story about completely someone else and get into their life and their issues, or like watch a movie and just be sucked into this awesome. Okay, but today you came into my room. Yes. And we're talking about the Stormlight Stormlight Archive. Yep. Yep. Um, And you finally got to this part that I was like, I think I talked to you like a year and a half ago. And I was like, one day you'll get to this point. And you'll be like, yeah, "Yeah," you know. And sure enough, you came in. Worth it. Um, And what I will say was, I think your reaction to it was not as though this had happened to some sort of external reality that's totally divorced from you, but rather you've identified like aspects of yourself with this character. And so in his sort of conversion story, I think there's a, a mini conversion for yourself, is there not? I mean, like, isn't that the beauty of fantasy? This brings me to my point. <laughs> ah, yes. It was all a ruse. <laughs> no, but this does... So I've thought about... Uh, okay, so last year, during finals week at some point, um, I... Or maybe it wasn't finals week. It was just towards the end of the year, and I had a lot of work to do. And I was coming to the end of the book I was listening to, the last book in the Stormlight Archives. And it was so good and so addicting. Yes. And so I said to myself, self, you have so much work to do. You know, E, E, listen up. You have so much work to do, but you're constantly thinking about what's going to happen next in the story. You have to finish this. I had like four hours left. I said, mm-hmm. I have to just take like four hours. It'll make me more productive in the end. I have to just finish this. And so I ended up, I did that and it was good. But I, I had this thought in that of like, okay, is this good? Why is fantasy 
a good thing. I, I genuinely think that this is a good thing. I don't think, like, maybe, okay, if I'm too much using it to get out of reality, it could be bad. Specifically fantasy, like, as a genre with books? Is that, uh, is that what we're talking about? Y- yes, yes. Yeah, okay. uh, I mean, not necessarily just books, but, like, as a, movies okay. and yeah. books and stories so and stuff. So fantastical kind of yeah, exactly. stories. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Th- stories that take place in a world that is not the real world. Our real world. Okay. Um, and so I, I was like, what is good about this? So I'm walking around for like four hours listening. It's awesome. Super, super good. No regrets. But what I, at one point I stopped and I, uh, hmm. it's actually the day I discovered my love for Russian composers. Because I was walking down up on the soccer field and it was in the spring and this tree was blooming and the sun was like coming through. And, oh, so nice. And I said, I have to stop listening to this fantasy book and I have to sit in reality. And then I Googled, somebody had said something about Russian composers. And I said, I should Google them. And I did. And I found this song, The Lark by Glinka. And I was like, whoa. Uh, and it changed everything. But, so then that made me question again, okay, what, why is fantasy good? And the conclusion I came to is we have to... I love the build-up. So, uh, sometimes, great. well, many times, we have to be able to look at things from an outside perspective. Yep. We have to be able to step back. How do you step back from the entire reality of this world? You need ground to stand on. You need a fantastical world to step into, to look back at your own reality. So like you were saying, you know, I, I was talking about this conversion of this person in a story. Like, because I can step into that world, I can look back at, like, my life mm-hmm. and the real world and say, here is what is true in that story and here is what is not. It gives me a ground to stand on that is outside of my reality. So I can look at my reality with an outside lens. So I guess my question is, is that outside of your reality then? No, I don't think it's really outside of my reality. Um, but it gives you the... Uh, I think it gives you kind of like something, like I said, a ground to stand on. Yeah. That is outside of your reality enough, at least in feeling where you can genuinely look back on reality. Because I mean, I think that's part of what makes fantasy good is seeing what is real. Um, in it. So, like, flying seems super awesome. Technically, that's not real, but, like, we can pr- we can pretty much have a real sense of what it would be like to fly. Hmm. Um, so, like, that makes it super cool. Um, but it's looking at, well, the world as it is. But now, suddenly, we see that... We see the sense of flying that we can't have in real life. I mean, planes, but it's not the same. Yeah, I've... I I could have sworn we've done at least part of a podcast on fantasy before. We talked about stories. We talked about stories. In which fantasy kind of came up. This happened after that podcast. Yeah, uh, I've thought about fantasy a good bit as well because there was, like, fantasy was my favorite genre growing up. And then at some point I got to, like, either high school or college, and I was like, all right, I'm an adult now. Adulting. And adults don't read fantasy. Yeah, otherwise they're lame. They should be reading books about real things, like 
historical fiction. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and then I give a fiction. Uh, but yeah, so I like there was there was actually a good period of time where I stopped reading fantasy because I thought it wasn't like the right thing for a. Yeah. I, an adult to do. I'm making yeah. air quotes. You can't see air them. Quotes. Sorry. I can't. Um, I don't know why you said I can't see them. You, dear <laughs> listener, <laughs> your ears cannot see them. Um, you, I'll make them on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the crazy thing to me about that idea is that fantasy to me, like I can pick up a fantasy book and be totally just enraptured by it absolutely um and it seems like every other kind of book that i pick up it's work to read fantasy is not at all like that and uh, so I, yeah. I i do feel some i guess some guilt from it because it's like why why is I, but i have no control over it like i have no control over my interest it's just the way that it works so um, anything you're interested in is intrinsically good no, I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> I know. not saying that. Um, uh, but yeah, no, Great I, counterpoint. I, but. I definitely agree with you. Um, but yeah, I think you got to be careful with that. But yeah, I can't finish a book that does not have a story. I can read some of a book, but if there's not like a, an intriguing story... So you don't just sit down and read science textbooks? Is that not like a... a there's a story you know? there. Obviously, I do that, but because I see the story. No, but like... Uh, like Lives of the Saints, love them. You know, I can read those. Those are great religious books. Um, and, you know, these fantasy books, I, I can read them. I, I can, you know, they're page turners. But things like theological treatises, even though I'm fascinated with a lot of the stuff in yeah. them, I cannot bring myself to keep going. I'm like, oh, man, this is so cool. Yeah, so- yeah. I think I think what fantasy does is... Because the story is so like removed from real real life, like we're talking about, or the normal world, yeah, that it gives you a context where you're capable of suspending your disbelief. Mm. And if you're constantly in a place where like you're okay with having your belief suspended, yeah, yeah. You're able to, I think, more closely identify with characters because you let your guard down. That mixed with historical characters, it's like you can get on Wikipedia and find out all their like deep dark secrets or yeah, whatever. And yeah. so like you could have this hero or whatever, and then get on Google, look them up, and it's like, ah, well here they are torn to pieces. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, well, that's because they're real people, yeah. you know, and real people have faults. Fantasy characters like. They're almost archetypal and archetypal in the sense that like the author gets to make them sort of embody ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I think it's really hard to as I'm assuming as an author, to not do that. Like yeah. how do you not have perfection at least in some aspect in some of your character? Even if it's like perfect badness. Yeah. Well, I think that's what makes Sanderson so good, right? Is that he's he's so good at portraying characters with faults. Yeah. Right? Like even even kind of your favorite characters have either 
I don't know, they have aspects of themselves that are very, very far from perfect. That is true, is, but it, it, the timeline is so different than reality, too. If like, you see their struggle, but it's, you know, it's like, it's like living, watching life lived, at least, in, with just the highlight reel and fast pace, you know? So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I see their struggle, but the heights of their struggles, and they're overcoming it, and like, I don't just kind of see their normal day-to-day yeah, they took a half hour walk to get from one place to Very the other, true. and thought. Very true. And so, like it, ta- you see these, even if the the character isn't perfect, you see the the heights of their life, where you're like, okay, I've I see their lowest low, because mm-hmm. I don't want to see their random intermediate really all that much. Yeah, I want some glances of it to know it's there, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I mean, I'm. Just, Time-wise, you know, there's n- you never read a book that, you know, the time it takes you to read the book is real time. It would be so lame. It would be very lame. So lame. Just like, very oh, lame. yes, I took one step, and then another, and then another. Then I grabbed the doorknob. Then I opened it, and I thought. Hmm. It was like, man. I think in a practical sense, too, like, well, books in general, but I think fantasy in particular, gives your imagination... Uh, the creativity to try new situations. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm thinking of, and I I, I want to talk about this book, but I don't I don't want to spoil it either. Uh-huh. So it's like, um, yeah. So this this character in Stormlight Archives is uh, you've spent about three books now following him. Mm-hmm. And he is a very complicated man, yeah. Uh, who's trying his best to be good, but has had a like this terrible past. And you have yeah. this almost well, not almost. You have this diabolical character that's um, attempting to convert him, hmm. and so it's it's really like a very Christian spiritual warfare story. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so as as you're following this character, and as as I was reading it, it was like, well, I have... The strange thing about it was like, I have no sort of semblance of this character's past explicitly, because yeah. like, it's a fantasy novel, so he was like this warlord, and then this atrocious like person who is defending his nation, you know, all that stuff. Um but on the other hand, I do know the feeling of like having a past that I'm not all happy with all the time yeah. or that's like filled with things that were good in some places and were not good in others. And so it's like I can identify with that and I can mm. identify with his present of him trying his best to live as a new man, integrating his past, but like having to be having to deal with the ramifications of what his past was, right? Like, yeah. Everyone can deal with that, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing, right? That, that, that's why I think it's like, it, it's important to be able to have that ground to stand on to look at reality, to look at yourself and say, you know, not just in this character, but to be able, it makes you with more comfortable with things like, I have brokenness. And that's okay. Because yeah. a, because it's okay. Like, they overcame it in the book. 
Like it gives you hope that it's overcome, and like. But it's taken three books for him to actually like. And these make books are long. Substantial progress. <laughs> on it. Yeah. It's um. Like, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I mean, this book is a. So even while it's accelerated a, a, time, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's but. a great example. But I mean, if you really wanted to sit down and read these books, though, you could probably read those three books in a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a lifetime you're getting there, and that's the thing. You know, you get to be able to, you know, yourself better, and I think you can become more comfortable with yourself. I think that's one of the reasons that uh, a lot of times, you know, in like high school, middle school, a lot of people who are super into fantasy. Not that anybody's comfortable with with themselves, but are often, at least in my mind, people who are not comfortable with their public self, usually. Yeah, maybe that's not true, but in my mind, it's like, you know, it brings you into a reality where you can look at yourself and say like, hmm, maybe I'm okay. And, uh, Everybody else is just lying to themselves. <laughs> yeah. I think that I am okay already. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I really do think that fantasy gives the opportunity for you to sort of try on outfits of like, this is what Joseph could have looked like like yeah. this or could look like like this or... Um, and in that way, like when you came in talking about his sort of big moment, um, it's like, I remember when I read that and I like teared up. Yeah. Um, I actually, I might have cried at that part. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, but I didn't cry. I just at that point, it was excited. like, a, I was excited for him. I had like identified a lot of myself with him as a mm. character. And so to see him sort of, have this moment of conversion was like a, oh, like I can have that conversion too, you know? And here's like a new, here's a new instance of what that conversion could look like for me, mm. right? Uh, and I think I think fantasy does that in a, in a really profound way that I'm not sure other genres are, are capable of doing, but... Mm. Do you feel like you've experienced that with media other than movie uh books yeah good me too but <laughs> just yeah. wanted to say so uh, yeah i think i think books based off of like how much time they take it's easier to facilitate that sort of reaction right like i think movies it's a bit more difficult because you know you get an hour and a half or two hours with some characters. Um, There's also just a lot more internal that you get in books. You do, yeah. You know, you can't, you can't get that in movies or shows like you can in books. Uh, not, yeah, yeah, you can get I mean, it, but you can't get degree, it to the same level. Know. Like, unless you have a narrator describing what's going on in someone's head, or you have that person describing what's going on in their head to somebody else, you can't actually hear just in straight-up words what's going on in their head. Yeah, I think Jim and Pam, like, from The Office, like, that was a really beautiful, like, moving story arc, right? Yeah. Um, Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam. Good old Jim, James. 
or like the Lord of the Rings. Oh Brandon, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Though, Ooh. So. Um, yeah, yeah, Lord of the Rings. But then again, I guess The Office is a kind of fantasy too. But yeah, yeah, no one could ever be as awkward as Michael Scott in real that's, life. That's fair. <laughs> oh gosh. But. Yeah, no, that's good though. But but I think there's a, there's a balance we have to have with these like fantasy. Yeah. And you know like you can't live more in fantasy. I think you can, I guess. You shouldn't uh live more in fantasy than in reality. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to be taking things from fantasy into reality. Yeah. Not the other way around. Absolutely. And I think that if you're if you're not careful that that can happen. Yeah, I think we see that happen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I remember one time in college, uh, went to the number one gaming school in the country, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of people who just played video games for their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was all they did. And I remember one time in the cafeteria, sitting down. Well, I walked into the cafeteria and I walked by this table, where these two guys were talking about. Um, they're talking about guns. And I, like, heard the mention guns that I knew. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, this kind of impresses me. Cool. Uh, so I got my food, and I sat down at the table next to him. And I was hoping to, like, jump into the conversation, like, oh, hey, I like guns, too. Cool. Um, and I was, like, listening to him. And I was like, man, these guys, they know more than I do. They know quite a bit more than I do about guns. I really don't know that much. Uh, and then I forget exactly what, what made me realize it, but they, they kept talking, they said something, and I realized these guys have probably never shot guns in their life. They're talking about video games. Mm. But, like, mm-hmm. they're talking about it like it is reality. Yeah. And, like, their eye is the character they're playing in the video game. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and it was like, wow, oof, that's... That's not that, not yeah. good. That has gone too far, um, hmm. and there was a lot of that at my college. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that that's a danger with fantasy, but it can definitely be a good thing. Hmm. Yeah. So woodworking has been an escape <laughs> as of late. Did you see that woodworking is a form of fantasy? No, I find myself like in my free time, or I have found myself in the last week and a half in my free time, uh, just toying with what if I tried this, mm. or what if I tried that, mm. or what if I did this first and then that, or no, that's not gonna work. This, yeah. then that, then this, you know, and over and over and over again. And I find that to be really like enjoyable in one sense because it's the it's like the puzzle you know yeah yeah and i like the i like the mental challenge that physical building brings um on the other hand it's exhausting for me to always have something on my mind that i'm thinking about yeah um and so I think to some degree it has become like um, 
not just an escape, but a burden as well. Mm. Um, yeah, moderation is a yeah. real and very important thing. Yeah, I've been doing the same yeah. thing with duck hunting. I think I talked about this last week. But yeah. Um, yeah, I can just sit and think about where I want to put blinds and how I want to build the blind on a canoe and uh, the idea of ducks just dipped and committed, jacking into the decoys. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's too much. It's gone too far. Like, yeah. I need to I need to be present. You know, like I yes, I want to be there, but like this is where I am. And it's not bad to want to be duck hunting. It's not bad to enjoy that. It's not bad to do woodworking or to want to do it. Yeah, but like to to if it's at the expense of being where you are, yeah. then that's that's really the being the issue. Present. And it has been it has been at the expense of me being where I am. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're, we're you know. partially at that point in the semester where it's just like we very everything's just become kind of routine and we're just slocking along and yeah. uh, you know, just, just trying to get through it for now. And so I think everybody's kind of struggling with that being present. Um but it comes out in different ways, those sorts of people. That it does. And that that's the challenge. How do we really be present in, in where we're at? Yeah, because I think I was talking to one of my friends the other night, and uh, he's a pilot, Joey. Shout out to Joey. I don't think he What's ever up, listens Joey? to this, but uh, I was talking to him. Maybe he will now. Got a great but name. Uh, he's a he's a, a commercial pilot, and he was saying like I spend. So many flights with just talking to the other pilot because he's on like this this mm, small mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. airline thing about like how someday we're gonna get to the big airlines and then we'll have more days off. Yeah, you know, th- then we'll have higher pay and more days off. And he was like, "Yeah, but but like, what happens when I get there? Am I just?" I'm probably just going to want more days off and higher pay, you know? Yeah. Um, then I'll just be waiting for retirement. It's like the perpetual, yeah, so never good enough. Exactly. So it was like, you know, well, what what about now, you know? And, and the thing is, he's at a point in his life where he's like, you know, he's not married, he's single, he's making money, and he's going on adventures left and right. Like, he's yeah. doing awesome stuff. Uh, he's going on a nine-day elk hunt in Colorado. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and then like right now, him and my brother are sailing uh, in the ocean to Maryland from uh, New Jersey. Yep, they're just doing nonstop like three-day sail to Maryland. That's awesome. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, so he's like, "Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on in my life. So why am I always like, well, someday?" And I think that that's just such an easy problem. You know, like we're we're just constantly like, "Oh well, once I get this." then it'll be good. And then once we get there, there's just something mm-hmm. else we got to get. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, I guess I'm just surprised to see, and that's one of those things that it's like, come on, Joseph, Like, are you actually surprised to see it? Because, I don't know. I guess I'm just surprised to see that I know that. Like, I know how important it is to be present. Mm-hmm. And I've talked... I've talked about it with my friends. I, you know, we figured it out. We've learned to be present in the past. And yeah. here I am, like, yet again, struggling to be present. Gosh, um, yeah. I guess I 
that's that's what I mean. I don't. I'm not surprised that I am surprised. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess it just amazes me that I I still find surprise in the fact that that happens, or that I that there's this cyclical nature of you figure something out and then you're kind of brought back and or brought into a new situation where you have to figure it out again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. constantly. It's uh, I remember one time talking to my spiritual director and I was like, man, you know, I forget even what it was about, but it was just some like real deep wound. And I was like, you know, I, f- I really let God enter into this and I, th- I thought it was healed and over with. And he laughed a little bit. He was like, it's never going to be completely gone. Yeah. You know, like your whole life, you're going to have to constantly be coming back to this and letting God in again. And like, yes, he will heal it and he'll hear more and more every time. It'll become easier. But like, it's so easy to think like, oh, dealt with. Good. It's in the past. Check that one off. Nope. Nope. Not at all. We have to stay vigilant. Yeah, I keep, I keep, I guess, waiting for the day where I'll just wake up and I'm perfect and there's no more problems, you know? I had that. And then I you relapsed yeah. back into... Yeah, there it is. Imperfection. <laughs> Imperfection. How long did it last? It surprised me. Yeah, well, a couple seconds, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Directly after absolution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, oh, man. Oh, there it goes. That's what yeah. it's always like. Uh, no. No, it's good. I think, I guess my question is, is like, how do I cultivate some sort of, not, not excitement, but like courage to know? Because you're like, you're, you're talking about, well, the laugh and well, that's going to be your entire life yeah. thing. And like part of me, there's like a real dread that yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. Like that makes that reality makes me anxious for heaven. Yeah. Um, selfishly, out of like the relief of, you know, how long, oh Lord, is, is yep, yep. you know. Um, but I don't like, I don't think that's the right attitude. I don't think no. I have the right attitude with that. Um, no. And I so I guess my question is, is like, well, prayer is the answer, but like, how do I cultivate the, the courage and the desire to be excited for that challenge and to get to sort of re-enter into that in new ways. Yeah. Um, Well, I think it's like we were talking about earlier tonight that the acceptance of being broken. Yeah. Like if you're constantly afraid of being imperfect, then like, yeah, that that is terrifying. But if you know, like, I'm going to be broken, I'm going to be imperfect, and somehow... In the wonderful plan of God, that is what's best. Uh, you know, like this struggle is what is best for me. This struggle is good. The fact that this isn't completely healed is is good. This is the Christian life. Yeah. Uh, then, then yeah, you can you can be you can face the future without fear and say yeah. there will be brokenness because i mean it, yeah we all want to face the future and say we're going to be better from here on out uh but what maybe you're not and that's okay and that's scary mm. <laughs> like because uh, yeah we don't want to think it's 
okay to be not okay. Especially us, as you know, we're going to be future priests. Yeah. We're like, I have to be the perfect example of everything. All the time forever. <laughs> and if I time. mess up, the whole world will burn. Yeah, exactly. It feels like that sometimes. Sometimes. Definitely, sometimes. for sure. It's a lot of uh, irrational <laughs> yeah. pressure that is self-inflicted. Yeah, and then sure. Christ is like, uh, who's the Savior? Yeah. Uh, oh. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gosh. Surprise. But it is scary. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I guess just the the need to cultivate that that mentality cuz there there is a real sense in which I don't like explicitly think to myself one day, you know, I'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think there's there's an implicit sort of expectation that that I there there's one day where I just won't have struggles and I won't have you know, I, frustrations yeah. or pain, you know, and that like amazes me because how often have I heard, you know, like we're human and like, what's the nature of being human is that like we strive after God and we are imperfect. And so we like trip and fall constantly, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I'm better than human. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so like, the thing. Come but, on, Joseph. Yeah. Like, I think it really though, like in the end yourself. you need to be able to see, like you said, prayer is the answer, but because you need to be able to see yourself as God sees you. Yep. You need to be able to say, God, God, what do I look like to you? And to be able to have him show you like, here's your scars. Here's your woundedness. And that is not everything. And I, and I love you in those not in spite of those things. Because I think we can love ourselves very much in spite of our wounds and our failings. But God doesn't love us in spite of those. He loves us in those. And so, like, we need to be able to see... Which is different than for those. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't... Which is different than for those. Yeah. For sure. But... um, In those. Yeah, it's that that tension that John Mark was talking about, right? Like, uh, he gave us this... I guess it was like a continuum of living the Christian life is this tension between being satisfied with who you are and the opposite side of like knowing that you're not who you should be. Yeah. And if you lean too far to either side, then you end up either in sort of like perfectionism and scrupulosity or some sort of like narcissistic Yep. Overconfidence kind of thing. Yep. And so that there there is like a real need to navigate that tension. And I guess it's it's not unexpected that there would be an oscillation between Yep. I'm good where I'm at and dear Lord, please help me. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not at all where I need yeah. to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think also just like good friends and good friendship where you can you know, you can be vulnerable and say, here are my wounds. Yeah. And these are things that like you don't like to look at and you can show them to somebody else and have them say, okay, this yeah. doesn't change that. I love you. Yeah. That's, that's it's a big, big deal. That's a big deal. a big deal. We need that. We need that. Yeah. Um, like, yes, we need God, but God is, uses sacraments in the sense of like, he uses physical signs. And sometimes that's somebody saying, yeah, you're not perfect, and I love you anyways. Yeah. And uh, 
Yes. Yeah, you know, I can do that. I can say myself, I can see myself saying that to someone else, but saying it to myself, I'm like, oh, no, but I'm not perfect. You don't understand yeah. how imperfect I am. And uh, I was like, no, wait. Can I not be loved? Yeah, we're always so much harder on ourselves than oh, absolutely anyone else ever is. Yep. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, there it is. There it is. <laughs> that that went somewhere better than I expected. I don't really know what I expected. So. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. We Good talked talk. about fantasy and its benefits and living in reality, being present. Then it ended up with deep woundedness and <laughs> being all right with that. And being seeing ourselves really as went a lot of directions. God sees us. I like that. So. I like that. This is my kind of podcast. You know, this is yeah. an Eli kind of podcast yeah. rather than a Joseph kind of podcast. This is this is me letting it go, Eli. That's so good. Go. That is good. That's yeah. There we go. Let's wing it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's it's uh, good to have structure, though. I'm realizing that more and more in my life. Wow. All right. Well, any closing thoughts for people? Uh, you're not perfect, and you never will be. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let God and other people love you in your brokenness. Mm, there's the real amen. Amen. All righty. Well, may all of your wanders be blessed. God bless.